Okay, we're recording. Welcome back. So, Aaron, how was your trip to Boston? Ah, uh, yes, I went to Boston. I think it's technically Somerville or Cambridge. I don't really know. Um, to meet all the tuplers or most of the tuplers, and it was amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was good. I think it was good on like a work level to you know meet everyone and kind of get like a sense of how everyone interacts and the vibe of everything. But it was also just, it was a lot of fun. Like actually getting to hang out with all these new people was a lot of fun. So we did, um, they planned it really well. There were a lot of like, everything was, uh, everything was planned. So we had lunches, we went, um, have you ever heard of, um, I think it's candle pen bowling. Nope. Or candlestick bowling. I think it's candle pen bowling. It's basically like imagine what bowling would be if it was in the 1800s, and that's basically what this is. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, it's like a Boston thing. The it's like a a ball that's you know maybe 40 percent the size of a bowling ball, and the pens are all super narrow, and it's extremely hard. Um, so we went candle pen bowling, and it was fun. It was a whole lot of fun. Um. <laughs> And then we went to like, kind of like an escape room, but it was different. It was like Dave and Buster's meets escape room. So it was hmm. like this giant, um, like this giant room full of other kind of like puzzles, games, escape rooms, and, you know, did team building exercises, which is basically just like hang out and have fun. So yeah, it was great. Yeah. I had, I had a blast. Um, I forgot how far away it is. It was like a four hour flight. So coming home, you know, coming home and I think I left there at like six o'clock was delayed and got home at by like midnight. So that part was not super fun. Um, but it was great. And now I just, I feel much more comfortable and confident, like interacting with everyone having, you know, met most of them face to face now. Absolutely. Well, that's great. I'm glad you had a good, a good time. Yeah. Thanks. What did you get up to the past week? Oh, man. So exciting. <laughs> I'm so excited. I've, I've seen a lot of stuff coming. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of GitHub notifications from you. Dude, I crushed last week. It was... Yeah, tell me. It was beautiful. So we published the front-end package to NPM. Did I tell okay. you this yet? I think maybe... I, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think we so. talked. This only happened in, last week. So great news. So everything is extracted from client. We have a private okay. Ruby gem that has all of great. the back end. And we have a public NPM package that provides the visual interface for the query builder. And it this is the hotwire one. Correct. Got it. So the challenging part, I mean, that part was not insignificant, but the really challenging part was then taking both of those pieces <laughs> and putting them in yep. a clean install. So the first thing I did was I put both of the pieces in a clean bullet train. Now that bullet train's open source, I can use it for my workshop. Yay. Oh, that's right. That's helpful. Because I couldn't use it before because it was a private right. repo. So step one was getting those pieces back in a clean bullet train repo and... I think it was really good because of the way we're doing Hotwire. There's a lot of things. It 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 feels like there's a lot of additional things you have to do. And I, you know, I was making notes to myself. I was like, maybe we should include this this part. For mm. example, the way Hotwire works 
is every all of this data is handled on the client side and mm-hmm. we publish a stable ID. So mm-hmm. you have to stabilize. Mm-hmm. And then what we do is we publish a stable ID and we send events, filter unstable while the stable ID is being computed and mm-hmm. filter stabilized. So then you have to respond to those JavaScript events. And what actually happens is there's other pieces. Like for example, we don't in, we don't include in our package an apply button and right. a cancel button because those are something we don't know how if people want those. But if you do want those, you have to you know listen for the events, right. disable the apply button, enable the apply button at the appropriate times. And then you know there's a fair amount. It's not a it's not a fair amount of work, but you know there you do have to do something. It's Could not like smoother, React. Yeah. Right, or view where you just drop it in. Because then you have to add another stimulus controller to respond to the event. So once you get the stable ID on the client side, what do you do with it? Do you submit it with a form? Do you, like what we do with bullet train is we push it to the URL and mm-hmm. then it comes in through the form and then we calculate it. But there's there's a lot of like little nuanced stuff. Like when it comes in as a param, you have to, you know, extract the class and you have to destabilize the filter to get that's not the right word you have to you know get the (laughs) the filter from the stable id to apply the filter and you have to send in the initial query so it was really instructive for me to walk through like the clean repo um and i think when we launch it in bullet train i think we should just include all of that stuff like i don't think for sure like for bullet train implementation we'll just include all of it um so that was super great to do that. And um, did you learn a bunch of stuff? Like it sounds like you ran into a bunch of sharp corners. So I did. did you learn a bunch of stuff that needs to be changed or stuff that needs to be documented or both? I feel like it was mostly documentation. Okay. And and still thinking about I, I mean, when I think about how I'd want to use this. I think maybe we want to ship with like optional stimulus controllers, like this filter link controller that I use in bullet train to disable and enable your buttons, stuff like that. Like, I think it might be worthwhile or maybe, you know, as we're onboarding people, we'll get more, we'll get more exposure to that. But like, it'll be nice. It'd be nice to have those as options. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the only thing I'm, I'm, I think is important because this is different from the React and Vue. Like you have to use a stable ID to do this. Mm-hmm. And that's different than what's happening in React and Vue, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. 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 So um, it's not a problem. I think people are going to love the stable ID because you can bookmark it. Like you can return right. to it. I think it's great. But conceptually, I think it's like a little confusing at first. It's a little bit of misdirection. Yeah. Right. So that was great. I gave that to Andrew. So he's super pumped. And then, so that's step one. And so step two is now for building out the workshop. Mm-hmm. How do you take your repo, pull out the gem, so only have the NPM package because that is the open source component and mm. rebuild it that way. And this has been quite challenging because so much of our front end code is dependent on <laughs> things like our conditions class. Like, like yep. there's so much... Inter- it's so intertwined. So right now, the struggle is, what is the appropriate amount of code of ours that we're going to provide mm-hmm. during this workshop? Right. Don't want to give the whole thing away. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I was hoping, you know, and I knew this would happen, but it was like, there's, it's just so tightly integrated with our right. back end, like with, you know, with methods we have on a condition. And so mm-hmm. um, that's what that for workshop stuff, like that's what I'm doing now. But 
the whole thing was really great because like I found an error in the client stuff because the client, when the client implemented this, and to be fair, they did not worked super tightly with us outside of mm-hmm. the scaffolding. So they implemented this in a different part of the app and um, they didn't quite understand the filter unstabilized, stabilized event thing. So I was able to mm-hmm. fix that for them this week. So that's been really good. Um, I think this, it, it's just been great. Like it's been so productive and it required a few other people to help me. Pascal did the, help me with the NPM package and Andrew helped me with the gem. And so it just Amazing. felt it felt really good, man. Like it was I mean, it's it's out there like like we can't quite sell it, but we're sure. really close to having this being like a full like the product is there. Man, you did that in no time. I was so inspired. I mean, I, I, did- I was I was getting GitHub emails like, you know, whatever it's called Rails, Refine Rails and the open source front end. I was getting emails like over and over and over all last week while I was in Boston. I was like damn, Colleen and Pascal are doing some work here. It was awesome. We That's It was great. great. It was great. I think I told you. There was one night, like, I gave it a good work <laughs> at night, and I thought of you, because I was like, if Aaron can work till midnight, I can too. I well, didn't work till midnight. Is, I can't go That is me. totally up to you. I mean, <laughs> do, it, do whatever you want. We don't, yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. Like, I just really wanted to... You know, I think when we talked last week, I was like really sweating the workshop. And this was yeah. the piece because I did not know how hard this was going to be. And yes. um, it was a lot of work. And I had to wrap my head a- around like a lot of JavaScript, which I talk yeah. a lot of trash about JavaScript. And like, I'm a, f- I'm a mediocre JavaScript developer. So it was nice to uh, wrap my head around all that works and, uh, excuse me, wrap my head around how all that works. And like I said, it's obviously having great implications for the client because now i'm like oh now i can quickly see yep. what's wrong here and fix it and so i feel way i feel there's still a ton of work to do for the workshop but i feel so much better about it now good i have i think i've recently come to a realization um about myself you were talking about how much work something was going to be i think the sooner i can start something the better because i think in my head uh, I don't know what it's like the it's like the energy required to overcome inertia builds up the longer I let something go. And so if I haven't started something every day that passes, I feel like the weight of it gets more and more and more to where eventually it's like, well, I can never I can never do that thing. And then I'll you know sit down with it for even a trivial amount of time, like two hours and I'll get something done and then just be like, oh, Oh, this isn't so bad. Yeah, I can totally mm-hmm. do this. It's like totally good agree. thing. I, good thing I just stressed for a month about it instead of sitting down for two hours and doing it. Like that's really healthy. So I totally, I totally feel, I totally feel what you're saying there. Yeah, I'm trying to like <laughs> counteract that now that I know that about myself. I'm trying to be like, okay, it doesn't matter how you feel. Just start on it, and then you can finish it later because it's yeah. the starting that seems to like unlock this mental emotional relief for me. So yeah, just more thoughts with Aaron. (laughs) Thoughts with Aaron. (laughs) So yeah. So last week was big. All that stuff happened last week. So that was super good. Um, How about you? So I talked to um, Dave and Robin, our uh, front end developers. Robin has a branch ready for me to review. That's all the, view flavoring stuff um yeah so exciting 
they both independently um, reached out to me and were like, hey, I'm working on this part and this is almost done. So it seems like, oh man, we're getting super close. So this week I'm going to try to um, go over that PR with Robin and get that merged in. Um, and then we'll take an assessment of the landscape and and see what's left. Okay. I don't think very much is left after that, honestly. I will need okay. to kind of implement it in a clean app myself just to see how like see how this whole flavoring theming system works um and then we can we can go from there but as far as like the contractors in the front end it sounds like we're reaching um a pretty good version one or you know 0.1 or whatever um so that's good i updated the i updated our website um to break out to break I knew you out, were gone um, all week, so I was uh, I was, yeah, wasn't sure. <laughs> You're going easy on me. This is the second time in a row you haven't like I know held my feet to the fire in any way. That's good. I keep I keep delivering, so you don't have to. Um, right. So oh, nice. yeah, pretty basic. I just yep. did the stuff that we had talked about. Um, and then if you click read the docs, there's also now a Nova section in the docs. And so I took the, I took the readme and brought it in here and then spruced it up and like made it a little more thorough. Um, So in hopes that I think tomorrow we're meeting with um, uh, Colleen and Matias and watching them work through it. Is that right? You met Michelle and Matias, but yes, I'm Colleen. Who did I say? You said Colleen and Matias. Well, that's technically true because you will I'll be, be there. there. All yeah. three of us, all four of us. And Michelle, of course. Yes. Um, yeah. So hopefully this will give them a better starting place that they can, you know, then tear apart. But hopefully this will give them a better starting place. Yes. So I'm super pumped about that, by the way. Yeah. So tell me, tell me backstory on that. So they bought, they bought it for Nova and you're going to. I think you and Michelle had talked about using this as some sort of like, you know, customer research or whatever. So tell me. Right. So I thought the reason I wanted all four of us there, because Michelle and I were talking about it, is I would like to video it and we're going to mm-hmm. publish on the software social feed and we can publish it on this feed. But I think that, you know, we'll just go through it and hopefully, maybe not, but hopefully we'll get some kind of marketing material from it like we can cut the video to just showing Mm -hmm. how we integrate it and even if we don't i think it's going to be really beneficial for me because i haven't actually seen you help anyone integrate it yet and i would love to get i mean michelle and matias it's like power couple like he's gonna be like integrating she's gonna be like talking about like what we could say it's gonna be so amazing yeah so i am so excited for this i think i mean it was hard to get on you know the four of us time zones it's like nine o'clock their time so Hmm. we're gonna have to bring the energy because they're gonna be tired they have a crazy week but i think it's gonna be great i think it's i'm really excited to see what they both think of the product and the positioning of the product and from there so my thought on this hear me out on this is we do that that's tomorrow Mm -hmm. and then once we get feedback from them we can send out an email tell people to go buy it okay i love it okay i have another thought on that tell me so, Corey Haynes has a podcast. Um, heard default of him. A, default, a heard of him. <laughs> yeah. De- default alive with Chris. Mm-hmm. Have you heard mm-hmm. that one? I okay. Have. So, so Corey is launching a SaaS right now, which is really fun because I'm like, oh, we'll just do everything Corey does because he's a marketing guy. Okay, easy enough. And he was talking about 
and you and I and Sean have all talked about this, the benefit of like the personal calls and the personal onboarding and watching people like he was really extolling the benefits of the stage he's in now where he's watching people integrate his stuff, integrate his SaaS, like use his SaaS and Mm seeing where they fall out or where they get confused. And so I think when we send out this email, we should offer to do calls with everyone who purchases. Okay. So the onus of that, I mean, I can be there, but like, you're going to have to be there. Sure. Um, That's a generous offer of you to offer calls with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know it's 200 calls, Aaron. What do you got? Yeah. Oh, man. That would be ideal if it was 200 calls. Um, (laughs) It would be ideal. So agreed. On board with that question. We had, I think maybe last week or the week before, talked about how I have been in the middle, kind of like... Um, I guess, metering or gating the purchase process. So this is different because we're letting anyone purchase. We're calling, you know, the CTA is buy the thing right now. Right. It just so happens that additionally, you can do an integration call with me to get started. I think so. Yeah, because when I talked to Michelle about it, I mean, you know, Geocodio sells licenses for this cost, this price and up. And she's like, some people Mm -hmm. just don't want to talk to you. Like they just don't. They don't don't make them talk to you, but give them the opportunity. So my thought is when we send the when we craft the email, Mm -hmm. which is, hey, you can buy this now. We can figure out exactly what it says. But basically, it'll say, you know, and do an onboarding call with Aaron if if you buy it or something like that. Um, And we should probably have that somewhere on our homepage, too. Huh? Uh, No, there's well, no one's bought it since we put that link up last week. So we're good. Correct. Or, you know, we can do now. Just reach out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Since we don't have, you know, it's not like, yeah, we'll just reach out um, as people sign up for it. But yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that's a a lot, but I think we'd get so much value from from doing those. So I think when we send the email, hopefully later this week, we can send the email. That'd be great. I'm into that. Um, And the email is specifically going to be Nova, right? Yeah, Great. that's what I think. I think because we're not quite ready with this other with the other stuff. So I think it's specifically Nova, and um, we see how that goes. Great, I'm into it. Awesome. I will be curious to hear from Michelle and Matthias about pricing. Mm, I mean, yeah, they just like they bought it and didn't really ask um, any questions, but they're not a <laughs> you know they're not a perfect representation of the market. Um, Probably not. But I am curious because I, I had another person reach out to me recently and I told him it was $1,000 a year. And he was like, ah, nah, that's too expensive. Thanks, though. And so that doesn't that doesn't deter me too much, but it does make me think where, or like, are we going to settle here? Because $1,000 a year is $83 a month. And that just doesn't feel that expensive to me. I was just thinking it's too cheap. When you brought up pricing, I thought you were going to say we should charge more for it. <laughs> Yeah. Because <laughs> if you're going to spend $1,000, like, do you care if it's $1,400? Probably not. No, I don't think so. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, if 1000 is too expensive, 500 is probably too expensive. Right. That's just not our... I think the person who thinks 1000 is too expensive is not our... Or the company that thinks that is not our target company. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually thinking we should probably raise the price. But we could do... I mean, I, we'll definitely talk to them about that. Maybe we do an intro price... For the next, mm. like when we send the email, it'll be like for the mm-hmm. next two months, you can get it, you know, before we raise prices. Ooh, I kind of like that idea. I, I kind of like that. that too. Yeah, that sounds yeah? great. I like it. 
before we raise it to 2000. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, okay, good. Well, I'm glad you're feeling that way. Cause every time I get an email back, that's like, Ooh, that's too much money. It doesn't, it doesn't deter me, but it is like, Hmm, I wonder, I wonder if I this think, is where we're going to settle. Well, and I think too, Aaron, like, are you getting like indie people? Like who can't afford a thousand dollars a year? I think they're primarily hobbyists. Yeah. And that makes sense. But those are not, that's not our target market. Like the four people I talked to that were rails people that were interested, Mm -hmm. they didn't even blink. Like (laughs) they were like, whatever. So I actually think we're going to settle higher. Cool. I'm into that. Okay. Awesome. All right, so we have until when when are you um full-time Hammerstone? August? Yes, theoretically. <laughs> yeah, that and that is we need the goal. 5 licenses August. a month at that point. Yes, that is the goal to get there. And I we think we'll be that. ready. Yeah, I feel like we can do that. I think we're ready to start shifting from like we do a lot of tech talking on this podcast right. to like business. Yeah. And I feel like we're, we're getting there. We're really close. We'll see how the Nova launch goes, but yeah, I feel good about it. Yeah. You want to hear something crazy? I think Always. I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm about over the tech talk and ready to ready to talk business. Nice. All like, right. Yeah. I obviously there's nothing I love more than programming, but um, <laughs> I think I'm over it a little bit. Like for, for now in this, um, in this domain, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm ready to not talk about front ends and I'm ready to not talk about, um, theming systems and I'm ready to freaking sell the thing or die. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I love it. Frankly. Um, yeah. and it like hanging out with the, the tuplers, um, was great because like what an incredible business they're running mm-hmm. and they're just, they're just freaking doing it. And, you know, Ben was so nice. He was asking me about Hammerstone and like, how's it going? And, you know, Colleen wants to be full time. How are y'all going to do that? And just gave me this sense of like, I just got to get over some, I just got to get over some fears and emotional hangups and just be like, yeah, this thing is ready for sale. Buy it. And if it breaks, I'll fix it. Right. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I don't know. I just, I feel like uh, the, the tide, the emotional tides are turning and it's time to just, yes, no fear, no shame. This thing is ready for sale. Buy it or we're closing the company down. <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love so, it. Yeah. It's, I'm ready. Uh, do you listen to my first million podcast? You know, I don't. I listened to one or two recently because I saw Ben listening to it in his car and I listened to it and I was like, I don't know. These guys are super bro-y. Um, they're but I, super... I listened to the most recent two. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you might have heard they're super bro-y. Okay. So, yeah. I w- I'm not recommending the podcast. but uh, No, me either. I was listening. They were talking about it. They had one episode and they were talking about what their ideal co-founder would look like? Like, what is okay. the ideal, ideal, like if you had to pick one character trait that's ideal in your co-founder and they settled on energy and I loved oh. the way they talked about it. Like they were just talking about like, if you go into every meeting and you feel like you have to carry the group and like no one's excited or they like, it's exhausting. And I, I just thought that was exhausting. really great. Cause I was like, yes, like we have a ton of energy and yes. I, I'm with you. Like I'm, we're so close. This is, uh, it's like we're on the precipice. Yes. I know. I know. And I just, I don't, 
I'm going to turn this into a pop psychology pod- podcast. I feel like there's just some sort of just some sort of emotional work going on in my head of getting away from um like being afraid to be a pure not pure marketer but like pure salesperson almost and just say yeah. like just push this thing out for people to buy and it like not have a personal reflection on me if people don't buy. Right. So just trying to trying to figure that out internally. Yeah. It's good. We're headed the right direction. Yeah. Let's um let's take a quick look at our task list here. Okay. So I've got the query builder workshop. That's all of my time and energy for the next three uh-huh. weeks in progress. Um get flights. We can figure that out. Partnership agreement. Yeah, I sent that on to the attorney. I haven't heard anything back, so I will follow up Okay. with him today. We scheduled the video call. So that's tomorrow. We got that blocked. I blocked that on your calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, so set realistic deadlines for the front ends to be completed. So you did that. Yeah? Um, Ish? I wouldn't say I did that altogether. I talked to them both, but yes, I will set those, um, that's I'll set like, those this week. Yeah, I wouldn't. Again, I think that's lower. Pro- I think we're going to be busy this week because I think what's going to happen is we're going to have that call tomorrow and then we're going to yeah. be crafting our email. So yeah, we should do this. This doesn't feel like the highest priority. I think like this week, if we would win it this week if we can get our email out. I feel like that should be our singular goal for this week. Okay, then I'm not going to do that. So this don't week. bother this, this other thing. Yeah, I'll keep. Hold on. Let me add. Get. Email out to Laravel Nova users on mailing list. And that will be our like one goal that and obviously meet with Michelle and Matias. Um, uh, yeah, Nova I feel like read me. Nova read me is done about hell yeah. podcast packages page. Those are done. Yay. Okay. This is awesome. Great. So yeah, I feel like this week, like you were saying, we're ready to think business, think sales, so getting the email out and seeing the response to that is like a mm-hmm. great first step. Okay. Are there any, um, I'm trying to think backing up from that. Are there any prerequisites? Obviously having the call and tweaking any changes based on the call. Um, but anything other than that, like we don't need to send out a video with it. I don't think so. I think okay. giving them the option to schedule an onboarding call would be good. Okay. But I, I don't think we need that um, specifically. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. That'll be the goal for this week. So have the call with Michelle and Matias, incorporate their feedback, send out an email, get rich. (laughs) Yes. Right? That is the plan. (laughs) Let's do that. (laughs) Perfect. Easy enough. Easy enough. How hard could it be? (laughs) (laughs) Turns out pretty hard. (laughs) Turns out super hard. Yeah. Um, Let me think if there's anything else for me. So I don't think so. I think, you know, obviously I'm still working through some tech stuff on the Rails side. Um, Lots of stuff with client right now that's going on, which is good. Like just building them out, some custom filters and and stuff like that. So, so that's all going, going well. How are you finding it as an application developer to build out the filters and stuff? Pretty nice. Yes. I mean, I was really impressed that based on like almost no documentation, Two different, two independent teams were able to build out the filters that they wanted and wow, needed. Great. So that was really cool to see that. Amazing. Yeah. And and again, I don't even have documentation. Like, I kind of don't even know how they did it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. good job, guys. I think they just use, because we have the scaffolded filters mm-hmm. in there that come as part of Bullet Train. But those are single 
you know, those are single attribute. Those aren't nested right. filters or, you know, multiple attribute filters. Um, and they picked it up real quick. So I think it's going to be really great. Great. Love to hear it. Oh, oh, I want to say I want to talk about something else. Um, Tell me. Stop me if I already told you this. So I probably did. Did we already talk about this when I went to Sin City Ruby and I realized the difference between selling to managers and developers? Mm, this is ringing a bell. again. So what I wanted to say about this, speaking of the developer experience. Right. When I went to Sin City Ruby and I was talking to both managers and developers, managers immediately got the value prop, like immediately. Hmm. Developers, however, don't really value their own time. Correct. Because to them, it's just, it's 40 hours a week. They don't care. Right. So... I couldn't really, when I first was trying to like talk to these, talk to people and like explain the value prop, they weren't really getting it. So I think the key to selling to developers is focusing on the developer experience Mm -hmm. as opposed to I'm going to save you all this time and money because they don't think in terms of time and money because their time is just their time. Um, I think the developer experience is a really big selling point. And so it's like, you can send in the scope that you want. Like it's, it, it's, a, you don't have this really crazy DSL, like active admin. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was just like a, a good learning moment for me, I think. Whereas going to RailsConf in three weeks, when we talk to developers about this, it's like, yes, it does all of these really great things that you hate to do, but most Rails developers don't love JavaScript. So, mm-hmm. so I think like, hey, we did all of the front end, all of the state control on the front end, which is really exciting and great and fast. You don't have to do that. And your developer interface is really clean and you can send in scopes and you can do this, that, and the other, and you can send in a list of options and it just takes care of it for you. I think those are bigger selling points. I think that's great because I could easily see myself talking to a manager and going on and on about how nice it is as a developer to use it or the other way around, talking to a developer and talking about what tremendous business value it could drive and they're like i don't freaking care yeah. about that. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah good that's a good word i approve yeah. keep that in mind okay all right anything else nope anything from your end we will call it there all right